Well, you've probably figured out by now that Pastor Ron and Kelly are not in the room. They are spending some time with their family out of town. They'll be back with us next weekend. But we are honored today to have one of our very own bringing the message. She brought a powerful message Saturday night, last night, already in the 9 o'clock. I know she's going to do the same in this service. She is one of our kids' pastors. She is the kids' pastor, director, overseer of everything kids at Rose. And she's doing an amazing job leading that ministry. But she is a preacher in her own right. And I know you're going to want to give a warm assembly welcome as Becky Fagan comes to bring the message today. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you, worship team. Man, the presence is thick in this room tonight, this morning, right? Feels like nighttime because the lights are low, but it is not. It is still the morning, and I'm so glad to be with every one of you today. I just want to first give honor to whom honor is due. Thank you so much, Pastor Ron and Pastor Kelly, for entrusting me, allowing me just to bring this word that God has put in my heart, um, that I know that God has something specific for every person in the room. The most amazing thing to me about who God is, that he's not a God that just has one broad stroke message that may only hit one or two in the room, but I believe in the power of the living God. I believe that he can say something to every individual in this place for where you're at for the season that you're in. And so I entrust him with the word that he's given me for it to be individual for you today. So before I get into any more, I would like us just to take a moment just to position ourselves and ready ourselves for what God wants to do. And I like to do that by just putting my hands out as as if I'm receiving something, I'm receiving something from the Lord. And so I just wanna invite you in that posture as we just welcome his presence. Father, we love you. I thank you for your word that you are gonna speak to your church today. I thank you, Lord, that you have something unique for every individual. And I thank you, Lord, that your message of hope is a promise to every single one of us. And so, God, we just give you this time. We commit it to you. We we commit our minds to you, God, just to be focused on what you would desire to say. And we give it to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are closing out our Dream Big series, and I believe that so many in the room, as we've gone through this series, you have dreamed new dreams, that God has given you something unique for the season that you're in. And it's not just a dream of something I would believe, that it's not just a dream for something that maybe you could possibly do one day, but I would hope that we're dreaming dreams that say only God could open up those doors. Only God could do these massive dreams that he's placed inside of us. And I believe that he's going to bring them through for every single one of us. So as we went through 2020, one of the big things that I got out of that season was I learned what it meant to abide in the Father. I learned what it meant to silence all of the noise because there's noise around us on a regular basis. And I learned what it means to press in to God in a way like I had never tried before. And I'm telling you, as I did that, as I drew closer to God's presence, he had something unique and new for me. And as we went into 2021, one of the words that I got early on in February was dreams. What does it mean to dream again, to open that horizon? Because so often we get stuck in what we're doing, the current, what's right in front of us, instead of saying, God, let me dream as big as you are. Let me see what you want to see. Let open up my eyes, God, to the possibilities that you have in front of me. And the minute that we start to do that, we come up with some of, not just us, but we come up with some of the craziest things that God is calling us to. And I want to just encourage you in those dreams as we seal out that time that it's not just a then message, but it's something that I want us to walk in and live in daily, that God is dreaming through us so that all of humanity can come to know the Father. And so during that time, God gave me a very clear picture 
of what it means when he opens doors for us. So how many of you have been to Target or Walmart and they've got those automatic doors, right? That's my favorite thing. Whether my hands are full or like nothing's in my hands, I just like the idea of walking up and it's a grand entrance. Here I am, the doors are open, right? Like if, it's, if you have a choice, like why would I touch the handle if I could just walk right through? And when I saw that picture, the Holy Spirit revealed to me that that's what it looks like when God begins to open up doors. When we dream big, when he puts something in our heart and he says to go, it's not like a door where we're going to have to struggle, where we're going to have to open it on our own or use some willpower or own strength or make some maneuvering. But when God says it, he begins to open up doors with no effort, with no energy in our own strength, with something that is completely him, God begins to open up these doors. And I believe that's not just a message for me, but I believe it's a word that God has for the church. What is the dream he's put inside of you? What is the thing that he's saying, go on? I want to encourage us to go to whatever that limit means for you, whatever it looks like to you. So many times we get caught up in what I have to do, the, the steps to make it to that massive dream that God put inside of you. But the promise of the Lord today is that I open doors that no man can shut. The promise of the Lord today is I'm going to make it easy for you to follow in your destiny, to walk in the way that he has called you to. And so don't be shy about walking through doors that God has opened for you because God is with you. He is with you. So, so that's just something that God has been speaking to me about what it means to walk through doors that like, I didn't have to walk, I didn't have to do anything to unlock it. I didn't need a magic key. I didn't need anything. But when I walk in obedience and I walk in surrender, that those doors begin to open. So it's finally Christmas time. And I know finally that debate can be completely over of when it's appropriate to decorate your house for Christmas. Some believe that November 1st is the day, of course, once Halloween's over, it's time for Christmas. Others believe that it's the day after Thanksgiving or even some Christmas movies lead me to believe that there are people out there that set up their Christmas tree the day before Christmas, which to me feels like what a waste of your time to do something that takes so long for one day. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We are past Thanksgiving and it is officially Christmas time. And I gotta believe I'm not the only person that just is obsessed with Christmas. Otherwise, Hobby Lobby would not start selling all of their Christmas stuff in July. So there has to be other Christmas crazies out there. I mean, otherwise it just, there wouldn't be a market for it. So Christmas is officially here and I am all about it. There's nothing I don't love about Christmas except maybe eggnog. Eggnog is something I cannot get on board with. But other than that, every ounce of Christmas cheer, I am all about it. And so as I start out today, I want to bring us to the most iconic Christmas verse there is, and it's found in Matthew 1, and it's verse number 23. And it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. What a great promise that our Heavenly Father has given to us in this season. And what I love about Christmas is that the Christmas carols take over everywhere you go, right? There's nowhere that you can go at this point moving forward until the day after Christmas that you won't be hearing some kind of Christmas song. Now, there's many about Santa and glowing and lights and presents, but there's, I love the, the classics. And one of my favorites is O Come Emmanuel. The other day I was in a store and I was hearing a clearly, you know, 
artist that normally doesn't sing about Jesus, doesn't sing about the Lord, but they are singing this song, O Come, Emmanuel. How amazing is it that our God is so powerful and so big that somebody that wouldn't declare the goodness of God on a regular day, we enter into a season of expectation and then automatically they're saying, God is with us. They're declaring it in their words, whether they realize it or not. And the praise of our Father is going to all corners of creation. I find that our powerful God, right? That he could use even anybody, whether they know it or not, that they're declaring God's goodness. But so often when we think about this word, Emmanuel, it feels like all of our Christmas decorations. It feels like something that I'm gonna pull out of a tub for that one month, maybe six weeks where I'm gonna celebrate the holiday season and I'm gonna feel warm and fuzzy about Emmanuel, precious baby Jesus. That's awesome. But I wanna challenge our thinking today that the, the promise of Emmanuel is God with us. There's no expiration date on that promise from God, that it is a promise for 12 months out of the year. It's never something that needs to be put on a shelf and glorified in its own right, but yet we can walk in the presence of God, in the Emmanuel, God with us on a regular basis. He is with us, he is in us, he is around us. And this isn't just a promise for when we're celebrating at Christmas time, when things are fuzzy and fantastic and great. But he's with us on those days when we're mourning. He's with us on those days that we wish never would have happened. He's with us on those hard days. He's with us when we're enjoying everything there is to enjoy. God is with us and there are no stipulations that he is the God that is so close to his creation because of his precious son, Jesus, that he made the way that we couldn't have on our own strength. Now, sometimes God's presence feels like a far off destination. Like it feels like something that you have to work your way towards and you have to find somehow. But I'm here to tell you that his presence is not a far off destination. One of my favorite movies of all time is Peter Pan. Um, I love every retelling of that story, whether it's the animation or a musical or hook or pan, whatever, I am here for it. The story of a boy who never had to grow up, hello, that's what I want in life. I just, you know, it seems so great. And all you have to do is find Neverland. That's like easy, right? And so there's like three key ingredients. If you are at all familiar with this tale, there are three key ingredients that are gonna get you to Neverland. It's faith, it's trust, and what's the last one? Everybody know? Oh, good, you guys know it, man. All right, it's pixie dust, right? And so in the animated version, so Peter comes into the kid's room and they're all jazzed and excited. And then the kids are like jazzed up and they're flying at the top of the room. But then all of a sudden they all go landing on their beds and he's like, what's the matter with you? All it takes is faith and trust. And then he's like, and something I forgot, dust. And the kids are like, dust? He's like, yes, dust. A little sprinkling of pixie dust. It shows us such a great picture of how truly childlike Peter was, that he was like, easy, faith, trust. What's the problem? Like, why are we falling on our bed right now? Oh, there is one last ingredient. And yes, it is the magical pixie dust. And so many of us, we see the presence of God as that far off destination. And maybe it is just faith and trust that we think we need. 
And faith and trust become harder and harder as we face things in our life. As, as life doesn't go like we planned, as plans change and things shift in our hearts, that faith and that trust become harder and harder. But if we can hold on to faith that God is who he says he is, and I trust his plans more than I trust my own, there is one last key ingredient that a lot of times we might be missing out on. And that final ingredient is not pixie dust, but it is surrender. When we put surrender with our faith and our trust, we're able to say, God, I want your way more than I want my own way. I trust your plan. I trust your lordship. I trust who you are. And as we put those three key ingredients together, we begin to experience the presence of God like never before. Because no longer is it about my agenda and how I'm going to get there. But God is like, if you would just surrender, if you would just trust me and put your full faith in me, I will meet you right there on the scene. There's not a moment that will go by that I will not be your God, your Emmanuel, right there with you. All it takes is a little bit of surrender. And the great thing is, is it doesn't take this, this big outlandish step. God just wants us to take one step closer to him. He's willing to work with us. He's willing to meet us there in the middle. If we are willing to take those steps of surrender, those steps of faith and trust, and those steps that say, God, I know that your presence isn't this far off, impossible place to reach, but I know that your presence is here with me, that God is with us. His presence isn't that far off and it's not that hard to come by. But you know what? The good news is it's not that hard to come by anymore. As we look throughout scripture, there was a time when it was much harder to get into the presence of God. That the good news of Jesus only becomes good news when we're able to go back, go back to the very beginning of what the presence of God started out as. And so I want to direct our attention to Exodus, and we're going to be in chapter 13, starting in verse number 20. And this is what it says. The Israelites left Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went ahead of them and he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. So picture this, the children of Israel, they're in the wilderness. They've escaped the slavery that was once known to them for entire generations. And here they are that God has led them out in miraculous measures. And here they are experiencing the presence of God guiding their every single step that they are able to see fire in the middle of a night sky that has no traffic light. It has no other light competing with it, but this fire that is only the presence of almighty God. They can feel the warmth of his embrace. They can feel the warmth of his presence right there in front of them as they walk out those evenings. And then during the day, they sense a cloud, a covering from the hot sun, and they see God's presence and where he leads, they follow. This is the very beginning of what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. What it means to follow God's plan is where he leads, that's where I'm going to go. But as time goes on, it gets a little harder. We're not seeing that fire and we're not seeing that cloud quite like we used to. But that's why the good news, because right at that point, the presence was a far off thing. 
The presence of God was something that only the few had access to. That not the regular could even just go before the Lord whenever you felt the need to, but it was a planned out thing. The, the priests had to do major preparation before they could even enter into the Holy of Holies. It was a hard journey to get into the presence of God. Then in comes Emmanuel. The promise that came from the prophet Isaiah and it led all the way to the virgin birth of our son Jesus, that he came to this world so that he could be God here with us, all fully God, all fully man, wearing a human suit in order to know what it is to walk out days on this planet. He knew every temptation we face. He knew every struggle we would face. He knew every disappointment that we would come against in our time here on earth. And he went through all of that so that our heavenly father could know what it's like to be God with us. He's a God who journeys with us. He doesn't leave for even a second, that his presence is with us daily. And Jesus walked out his days, miracles, signs, wonders were happening everywhere that he went. And he had his disciples near him and they were gleaning in everything that he was doing. And they were close to the presence of God. Now, Jesus, the only thing that, it was just one Jesus, one manifest presence of God. And so Jesus told to his disciples that I'm gonna need to go on and be seated on the right hand of the Father to fulfill the call, to fulfill the destiny that God had placed inside of him. And then he gives a promise, because I imagine these disciples at that moment were a little more than concerned because there they are, knowing what it's like to have God's presence sitting at your dinner table, knowing what it's like to walk with him, to talk with him. Ask any random question that pops into your mind because the, the presence is right there. You are hosting the presence on a regular basis. And then Jesus says that he's no longer gonna be with them. This would be concerning. So let's direct our attention to John 14, starting in verse number 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you now and later will be in you. So this is the promise that Jesus gives. Yes, I'm gonna be going on to where my father is, but there is another person in the Trinity that is coming and his name is the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is living and breathing and dwelling within us to this day. That no longer was it gonna be just Jesus carrying the pow power and presence of God here on earth, but now a new one was coming, the advocate, the one who dwells within us so that the Holy Spirit no longer has to go from here to there, but it rests within us. God's power, God's presence, God's authority dwells within his people. So as we put our faith, our trust, and our surrender in our almighty God, he fills us to overflowing with his Holy Spirit. He empowers us to do things that we couldn't do in our own strength or understanding. He gives us wisdom beyond our own, and he fills us so that the world around us can know his power, because this world that we're living in right now is in desperate need of the presence of God. And who better to bring it than you and me? Who better to host God's presence into every corner of creation, to the, to the nations far beyond our reach, to the high schools, to the workplaces, to the grocery stores, 
God wants us to carry and host the presence on a regular, everyday basis so that everyone can know the good news of Emmanuel, that God is with us. He's willing to encounter people wherever it is because he wants desperately that every person could know him and follow his ways. God is with us. And when God is with us, he makes our burdens light. Now, that's not a promise that says that life is gonna be suddenly easy when you start to follow the Lord. If anyone in here has followed Jesus for even a short second, you know that that is not the case. But there is a lift. When we follow after God, when we host his presence, when we are part of the family, we do the surrender, we follow his ways, he lifts the heavy burdens that are on us on our own. So in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, then Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden, the burden I give is light. So this isn't just something that is for some people, but this is a promise from Jesus. It's a promise from God that says, follow me and I will take that burden. Follow me and I will make that yoke upon you that was once weighing you down. I will lift that heavy load so that you are able to do just like I saw with that door being open, hands-free, not hindered by anything. God desires for his people to soar in their faith. He desires for his people to walk in the confident assurance that God has my back, that I don't have to do the effort of trying to get everything just right there's nothing that I can do that's going to be good enough for my perfect savior anyway, but because his grace is enough, his grace is sufficient. He covers any shortcoming that I have in my own and I, I can't cast those burdens over on him and he makes my way light. He makes my way easy. I don't know if anybody here has ever traveled on an airplane alone, but I will tell you it is not the most enjoyable thing. So a few years ago, my son was nine months old and we needed to fly to California for a funeral. My husband was already en route, so there it was, just me and the tiny babe, and we needed to get on an airplane. This was a stress test, let me tell you. So he's very tiny, I'm very new at being a mom still, so I bring all of the gear because that's what you do. So I had the baby, I had the backpack with the five extra outfits and 12 extra snacks because you just don't know what's gonna happen. I had the stroller, I had the car seat, I had all the bags and it's just me and the tiny babe strapped on my chest. Whew. We finally park the car, we get on the shuttle, we get to the checkout and we're ready to go. We get all the tickets. All right, we've made it past that major hurdle. Then you get to the security checkpoint and you just hope to all good things that you don't leave anything behind that you're gonna need later on in the journey because who knows, I just had to empty out my bag three times, all three of the bags. So you get all your stuff back in, you get the baby back in place and you go onto your gate and then there you are and then you're hungry, and oh my goodness, you hear over the intercom over and over again, do not leave your bags unattended. We will take them into security checkpoints, so don't leave your stuff. So you can't just like, oh, I've already made it, I'm gonna leave my bag here, I'll be right back. Because when you're traveling with somebody else, you can totally do that. But you can't when you're by yourself. So you take all your stuff, you go inside, okay, then we finally make it on the plane, and then we get to the connection flight, where we land a few minutes late. 
And then my next gate, of course, is five miles down the way. And there I am with all my gear once again, rushing and hustling and making my way there. And I finally get there and the plane is delayed anyway. So I didn't need to run. And if I would have given anything in that moment for one person just to hand over one thing, I wouldn't even need to hand them all my things, just one thing. And the burden would have been lifted. We come to the father looking like that frazzled mama in the airport with all of the bags and all of the things. And he says, hey, I'm here and I'm not gonna just take one of your bags. I'm not just gonna take the smallest coffee cup in your hand, but I wanna take the big load. I wanna take the shame. I wanna take the worry. I wanna take every piece of things that is bogging you down, the burden that is weighing you down. I wanna remove those in order for you to experience the presence, in order for you to walk in the freedom that I have for you. That is what burden lifting power looks like. That when God is with us, when God is truly with us, it's like traveling with a travel partner. That, hey, when this bag starts to get heavy, I can place it over. But even better so that I'm not even expected to carry any of the loads. That is what surrender looks like. Surrender can be a word that seems so scary to us because we're human and we like to have our own way. I like to have my plan. I want it to work just like I wrote it down. But the thing about surrender is I trust the Father. I trust that He is the author and finisher of my life. I trust that His plans are greater than anything that I could come up with in this mind, but that He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above what I could even dream or imagine. That's what surrender looks like. And when we do that, we're surrendering all of our baggage. We're surrendering all of our burden and saying, Lord, I thank you that your yoke is easy. Lord, that you don't expect me to perform for your love and grace, but that you it is already there, that I arrive on the scene just as I am, and I'm given freedom and grace. I arrive on the scene to a place that is home, to the place where God is with us. He doesn't leave for even a second, not even a moment of time does he leave us. And so today, as we come to a conclusion, I want us to consider the fact that we are a home for God's presence, that we get to bring his presence with us everywhere that we go. And in James 4, 8, it says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. The promise of God today is not that you have to go chasing after the presence. You don't have to go chasing after the father, but that he is already there. This isn't like any kind of game of tag or hide and go seek where the minute that you get there, oh. He's dodged, he's moved, very much like the early Old Testament where they would be following the presence that if you stepped out of line, then you were, you were, God was going this way, you were going that way. But God makes it so easy for us. His burden is easy, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. All we do is we take one step forward and surrender to the Father and he says, I'm here. I've been waiting on you the whole time. Here we are, let's do this, let's grow closer and let me allow my presence to go in you and through you, empowering what is all around you. That God's presence is here with us. That's the greatest news that any of us could experience. Now, some of you in this room might feel like the presence is that far off. 
And I just want to encourage us just to draw close to him. He will not let you down. He will not stiff arm you in any way, but he will bring you in with the greatest hug that the heavenly father can. And he says, I have been waiting for this moment the whole time. There's nothing you have to do. There's nothing that you can do to open up the door to the presence, but we just simply arrive and there he is ready to meet with us. So wherever you find yourself, if you find yourself with heavy burdens today, come to the Father, lay them at His feet. He will give you an exchange that you could never imagine. He'll give you a light load. He'll give you the rest and the release that you need in order to carry on. And knowing that His presence goes with you, that never for a second, in our loneliest moments, those are just, that we would know that those lonely moments, those are a lie from the enemy that there's never a moment that you are truly alone. And so when you start to hear that voice, that I am alone, that I am singled out, that there's no one that is for me, I wanna challenge our thinking to silence it in that very moment. Because the promise of Almighty God is that I am with you. I haven't left you for a second and I never ever will. So loneliness is gone in the name of Jesus. When we start to usher in the presence and we start to draw closer to Him, He meets us right where we're at. No need to clean up before you get there, but He's there with open arms. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into a time just worshiping the Lord. And I wanna challenge every single one of us to take those steps towards the Lord. If you wanna make an altar right here at the front or at your seat, I wanna encourage you to take those steps as we draw close to God with us, as we draw close to Emmanuel, that he would show you his power and his presence in this day. So Father, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your power and your authority in us. Lord, that you would meet with us today. I thank you that the promise of us going closer to you, Lord, that you meet us right where we are and that you come right away. And so, Lord, we just give you these next few moments. Lord, we surrender to you, to your power, to your will. God, that we would walk in your ways, God, and that you would fill us fresh and new with your spirit and your power. It's in Jesus' name.